Hey everyone, I was hoping to bring you a new interview today, but the guest that I lined up postponed. So I'm sorry to say you will have to wait one more week for a new episode of Fall of Friday. But I have recorded a great interview that's coming up next Friday with Bridget Todd. She's the host of There Are No Girls on the Internet, and she's also an expert on combating disinformation and extremism online. And by sheer coincidence, I don't want to call it luck, Bridget and I spoke just a day after the mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas. As I'm sure you know by now, a man with two guns used them to murder two teachers and 19 children. The oldest of the kids was 11 years old. I want to play you a couple minutes of my conversation with Bridget because I honestly think that they might help some of you out there. I asked her how we should deal with all of the disinformation that floods social media in the wake of tragedies like this. And Bridget had tons of great advice, which I cannot believe she just conjured off the top of her head. Before we get to that, though, I'd just like to encourage everyone listening to please, please, please join me in donating to the Texas Elementary School Shooting Victims Fund. This is a vetted and verified fundraiser being run by a group called Victims First. 100% of the money raised will go to the survivors and to the families of the victims from this mass shooting. The link to donate is in the description. Okay, now here is a preview of next week's episode with Bridget Todd. We will see you on Friday, June 3rd. We are recording just a day after this shooting in Texas, this tragedy in Texas. A lot a lot of children died, and right away, there's all these liars online who are spreading disinformation about who the shooter was and what's happening and, and all these things. And this happened. This has happened a lot. This is a pattern. People pollute our social media feeds and make it hard to know like what's going on. Uh, makes a, a sad situation even worse. And so I'm wondering, you know, from, from the work that you've done on the podcast and otherwise, do you have any advice for individuals who are trying to like deal with this right now of how they're they're seeing disinformation flood the feed and they're not sure what to believe, how to like process, I guess, all this stuff they're seeing? Yeah, um, I appreciate that question. And I think it, it's it's such a hard time to be talking about it because I'm, I don't know how folks will be feeling when this comes out, but for me, it feels very raw. I'm like, you know, it's like we were just coming off of a wave of pretty brutal shootings in California and Buffalo. And then even before that conversation is really done, where folks can have a chance to process here we are again. And so um, I just want to like just hold space for that because it's a lot. And I think for me, I really had a moment last night where I was just kind of enraged. So I was on a, a run when I got the news alert about the shooting. And what made me so angry beyond just the unfathomable loss of these young people and their their educators was the fact that I have seen this play out 
over and over and over again. And so I was like, I know they're going, there's one image of a young woman from a school shooting that I know they're going to circulate and say, oh, it's the same woman from Sandy Hook who was at Parkland. It was a false flag. She's an actor. It's upsetting because I already knew the playbook that we were going to see. And also there were some new hits, I guess, from folks who are using our internet platforms to spread inaccurate, dangerous information about a crisis, an active crisis. Um, I think, and, and, you know, we talk a lot about how sometimes it can be like fringe extremists or like bad actors who are doing this, but we also need to contend with the fact that in talking about this shooting, elected officials, you know, I think it was Representative Gosar who said that completely based in nothing that the perpetrator was trans. And that's not true. And already, you know, from putting that out into our digital ecosystem, already I have seen that narrative repeated over and over and over again. And so here we are, we have a name of the perpetrator, we, you know, know who they are. And yet, because of this irresponsible use of our digital platforms to spread lies and hate and inaccuracies about people who are already marginalized and already underrepresented in our lives, this falsehood will persist. And so I guess for me, it's it's just enraging. Um, I think that for anybody who feels like I do, who feels powerless, perhaps, uh, in the face of all of this, I understand that it makes sense to feel that way, I guess I'll say. But, you know, we can all play a part in making sure that we're responding in a responsible, ethical way to the wave of BS that we are going to see about this shooting and really that persists and pop up in any kind of crisis situation. And so definitely don't engage with it. Even if you want to debunk it or point out how horrible it is, nine times out of 10, because of the algorithmic nature of our social media platforms, are only actually helping that piece of content grow and spread and, and become more powerful. So I would really encourage folks to, to see this as a an opportunity to practice a kind of mindfulness about how we're absorbing information on social media and that you don't have to retweet everything right away. Take a beat, take a breath, really ask yourself, is this content that I'm about to share, does it act, does it have verified information first and foremost? Is it actually adding to the discourse in a way that is meaningful that I need to be doing, right? I've already seen people tweeting things and then deleting them and then being like, oh, I said this and I wish I hadn't because we're, we're, our emotions are hot. And so that's completely reasonable. But I would really say like in this moment, taking a bit of time to practice mindfulness while we're using social media, I think is key. Yeah, I, I, I love that advice. And I mean, I saw something, someone tweeted yesterday. They said, unless your job specifically involves using social media, it's okay to close the apps and not be doom scrolling all night, right? I think that, that the... the well-intentioned idea of like, oh, I want to stay informed on whatever's happening in the world, that can then lead into some of our, our worst behaviors. It can lead us to have these hair-trigger angry responses. It can lead us to spread disinformation unknowingly. I mean, it can lead to all these these dark things, just even though we, we may be approaching it with the best intentions of just, you know, trying to read a lot and trying, trying to keep abreast of everything. Totally. I mean, last night... I completely logged off. I sort of have been using the internet long enough to sort of know what my physical and emotional response is when I'm mm -hmm. triggered or my like my like fur is up. And for me, it's exactly what you just described, right? It's feeling like I need to see and consume every single tweet, every single update, every new piece of information, and when I'm moving very quickly, right? And so 
I caught myself last night and I realized I am in a, in a highly emotionally charged state where nothing that I put out into the wider social media ecosystem is going to be doing anybody any good anywhere, least of all me, right? And so mm. I, at, at, that, at that moment, was like, it's time for me to log off and like take it to my journal, take it to my group chat, take it to my partner, not taking it to the wider ecosystem of social media. And that's fine. Like, I think that sometimes we really... There are other ways to process externally other than social media. And so learning to recognize your patterns and your triggers, whether it's over-consuming new updates on the news when it's, when it's heavy or something else, I think it can be really good in a moment like this.